0: It takes time for God to work in our hearts sometimes, in our lives, to bring us to that place where He desires us to be. But let patience have its perfect work. I believe sometimes we get impatient. Come on, Lord. I received you as my Savior. Let's get on with this thing. And the Lord's saying, Come on, John. There's some things I still need you to clean up before I can get you on with this thing. You're complete in me, you are saved. But I'm still working in your life, in your heart.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: Today we're going to look at this message that I entitled Become Complete, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we see in verses 1 through 6, by the power of God. In verses 7 through 10, edification, not destruction. And finally, verses 11 through 14, grace, love, and communion. Father, I pray that you would just open your word to us today. Lord, speak to us. We know that you can, and we look to you, Lord, to do so in our lives today. We need to hear from you. And Lord, we confess that sometimes the reason we cannot hear is because we have allowed too many distractions to crowd out the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our hearts. Sometimes, Lord, it is an, an, a battle of the intellect versus the hearts. And we just have questions in our minds that seem unresolved when it comes to the Word of God. And yet we struggle in our heart as people of faith. I pray, Father that you would work in our midst today, that you would speak to your people, that you would bring healing and hope in the midst of our trials and our struggles. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Paul said in verses 7 through 10, edification not for destruction. He said in verses 7 and 8, Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, But that you should do what is honorable. Though we may seem disqualified, he's simply saying that people have spoken against our ministry. So to you right now, we seem disqualified. For we can do nothing against the truth but for truth. Though we may seem disqualified, we can do nothing against the truth but for truth. It caused me to think that truth will always prevail. Right now in our world, we see a lot of people doing a lot of things against truth. We see it happening in our government. We see it happening throughout the world. But I believe that truth will ultimately prevail. And it's very good for believers in Jesus Christ to be and stand on the side of truth to walk with Jesus. Once again, it was false apostles, deceitful workers who have caused the Corinthians to even question Paul's apostleship, to question his authority and the authority that of his whole missionary team, those who had ministered to the brothers and sisters there in Corinth. They came to faith in Jesus Christ because of Paul and his missionary team and others that now come in and said, yeah, but those guys... They weren't really walking in faith with God. You've been deceived. We can show you a better way. But they came preaching another Jesus, having different spirits and preaching a different gospel. And we need to be careful of that. One of the ways that we can be careful of people who have a different, preach a different Jesus, have different spirits or preach a different gospel is to know the very word of God, to know what the Bible says, because This is our truth that we stand upon. It is our foundation that we have in the church. Jesus Christ himself, he is the truth, but he has given us his word. As he said, my word is truth. And although he knew that Paul personally had not been proven worthless or disqualified, it was the Corinthians who needed to realize this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4 10, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Paul called upon them to do no evil, to do what was honorable, that they might remain strong. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 15. He said, be diligent to present yourself approved of God a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth be diligent to present yourself approved of God it really speaks about our part and and I'll be careful in how I word this I do not believe that we work our way into heaven because the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are saved by grace and not of works lest any man should boast but we do and are accountable to the Lord as believers in Jesus Christ. And so we have a part to play in how we walk in our own faith that we should be presented as approved before God and others. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul understood that truth will always remain and though this world may attempt to twist the truth, and they are doing it right now, we heard this week just this crazy thing. Uh, just a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday, they were talking about the uh, critical race theory and the whole gender identity, and 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 they mentioned this, saying that we no longer call them babies; we call them babies. They're twisting truth. As parents, we never want to bring harm to our children. And we have a generation right now, they're so twisting the truth that they're actually twisting the hearts of their own children. It's horrible. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. I am the truth. In John eighteen thirty seven, Pilate asked Jesus, Are you a king then? And Jesus said, rightly, you say that I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. This is the cause that I came into the world, Jesus said, that I should bear witness to the truth. And those who hear my voice hears the truth. And Pilate responded by saying, what is truth? There are people who are searching for truth to this day. There are people who are twisting the truth. People are twisting truth, and it's so close, they're just a slight degree off sometimes. But the further you get out, away, the further you get away from and that of real truth. So Paul's prayer to the Corinthians, first and foremost, he prayed that they would not become disqualified. He said in verse 7, I pray to God that you would do no evil, that you should be approved. But secondly, he prays in verses 9 and 10, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray, that you may be made complete. Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness, According to the authority, the Lord has given me for edification, not for destruction. Paul said. I am glad. When we are weak, their opinion of the apostles, we are weak, but you guys are strong. I'm glad for this, that you guys are strong in your faith. In fact, we are praying that you would be made complete. And. The Lord is giving me this authority not for your destruction but for your edification that you would be built up in the body of Christ that you would be made complete it's a Greek word that refers to an inner strength of an individual it could be of an individual or community it is Jesus Christ though who makes us complete the bible promises us in 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 saying All scripture has been given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, and I'll add woman, that the man and woman of God may be complete. Same word used here. May be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Lord has given us his word that we may be found complete in him. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. The author of Hebrews, he says, Now may the peace of God who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever." and ever. Amen. That the Lord, again, we find that word to make you complete, but it's through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the blood of the great shepherd of our souls, that of Jesus Christ. He makes us complete. He's working in us through the power of his Holy Spirit, that we might do what is right and pleasing in his sight. Christ Jesus working in us. So Paul wrote these letters to the church in Corinth, not to destroy, but to edify, to build them up. And the purpose of the body of Christ coming together is that we would build up one another for your edification, for your building up, not to destroy. So it was Jesus Christ who put Paul and his team They're in that place of authority over the church of Corinth, but not for their destruction, but for their edification to build them up. Ephesians 4.29, I've used this word a bit over the last several messages. This verse where it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And may we be edified in our faith to the glory of Christ, to whom we belong, that we would build one another up, that we would bring edification, that we would impart grace to each one. And he closes out in grace, love and communion, verses 11 through 14. In verse 11, he says, here's those two words that I titled the whole message, become complete. But I'll share it with you in the Greek, it's only one word. We're going to look at that in a moment. The verse says, finally, brethren, farewell, become complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. A Greek word that is translated two words, become complete for us. It speaks about putting a thing in its appropriate condition. It really speaks about being made perfectly fit or suitable to become as one should be. I've been reading uh, books by C.S. Lewis for a class that I'm taking, and I've... Write your emails, respond as you want, but I've always had a difficult time reading C.S. Lewis, so I thought, what better way to learn to love C.S. Lewis than to take a class, accredited class, and uh, be forced to read books and write book reports, in my opinion, really hasn't changed over the past 12 (laughs) weeks. That's just me. The guy was highly intelligent. I am not. So there's a struggle right there. He's from a different generation. In fact, learning about C.S. Lewis, Although he lived in the uh, 20th century, he felt that personally he was more of the 17th or 18th century, personally. That's why he was able to write The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and all those things, because his mind was like in a whole different century. Very creative, very brilliant. I will not say that he wasn't. And probably the most impactful book that I've read over the last 12 weeks was that of The book that he wrote, which was actually his notes that he took just after his wife died. There, in a grief observed, is that book that I'm referring to. When he talked about God taking this bachelor and finally making me complete. He understood in the marriage relationship, where God said the two become one flesh for most of C.S. Lewis's life, he did not understand that until joy came along. Then he knew what it meant to be on this side of heaven to be complete, where two become one flesh. And then in A Grief Observed, he spends almost three chapters crying out to the Lord, why did you take her away from me? To, You know, I'd rather have been left a bachelor if you're going to rip her away from me so quickly like this. So, It's an interesting read. We become complete in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's through Christ Jesus and the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. James 1, 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its perfect work. Reminding us that It takes time for God to work in our hearts sometimes, in our lives, to bring us to that place where He desires us to be. But let patience have its perfect work. I believe sometimes we get impatient. Come on, Lord. I received you as my Savior. Let's get on with this thing. And the Lord's saying, Come on, John. There's some things I still need you to clean up before I can get you on with this thing. You're complete in me, you're saved but I'm still working in your life, in your heart. Colossians 2.10, You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to know, first and foremost. And that by allowing patience to have its perfect work, know that he is forming in us, that we would be made perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Secondly, he said to them, not only to become complete, but to be of good comfort. (laughs) Parakleio, I love it. We have be of good comfort, the Greek parakleio, one word. It's a word that means to come alongside. And so to be of good comfort, the word actually means legally, it's a legal term to talk about in our understanding today it would be your defense attorney coming alongside as you stand before a judge. Somebody comes alongside in your defense. Be of good comfort. We have this picture of a comforter coming alongside, calling us, putting his arm of reassurance around us. And I believe that that comfort is Christ Jesus himself where it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received and are comforted by God. That Comforter. Paul, writing to the church there, Four things that he wished for the church, first to be complete, second to be of good comfort, third to be of one mind. And it simply means to be like-minded. Then 1 Corinthians 1.10, he reminded them that you are perfectly joined together with the same mind in the same judgment, to be like-minded. We're joined together in Christ Jesus our Lord. The fourth thing that he desired for them is to live in peace. And again, a single Greek word translated for us, live in peace. And it's actually a word that means to cultivate peace or to do in your part what you can to live in peace with others. Sometimes it's hard to do, but we're to do our part. Romans 12:18, if possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably. With all men. Paul promised to them if they would do those four things to become complete, to be of good comfort, to be of one mind, to live in peace. Then he promised them, he gave them reassurance that the God of love and peace would be with them. And then he closes by saying, verses 12 and 13, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. So it was customary in their day to greet one another with a holy kiss. And it would be weird to greet with a holy kiss. We're not accustomed to doing that, right? They were customary to it. Think of the French that had that custom as well. The kiss, though, no, it's made holy because of their common faith in Jesus Christ. What made this kiss holy was their faith in Jesus Christ. All the saints that's being referred to in a long way. I'll simply say that Paul had sent Titus to Corinth and then he went to Troas looking for Titus, wasn't able to meet up with Titus there. The gospel was open for them to preach in Troas, but he was so unsettled that he ended up in Macedonia. And there at Macedonia, Titus finally came to Paul and gave Paul a good report Of the Corinthian believers that caused Paul to pin this letter to them, he was encouraged by the report of Titus. And so where he says, all the saints greet you, Paul writing from Macedonia, he's saying, the saints are not only greeting you, but they're watching. The body of Christ is watching. I think that's important for us to understand that We have been brought into a fellowship larger than just Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa. And the body of Christ is watching to see how we will conduct ourselves in this world. And then it closed with a beautiful threefold witness in verse 14. This is a great verse to memorize, to underline. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The three persons of the triunity being defined here in this closing verse where each person of the Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, having clearly defined roles, yet maintaining a unity and work regarding this world and our salvation. Nothing could be truer to understand God's triune nature of working in our lives. And though we will not have a clear understanding of God's triune nature until we stand in heaven's glory, we get a glimpse of it through the word of God. Here in this verse, we get a glimpse of it as well. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit. Grace, love, and communion. What a beautiful picture of our triune God. And we can become complete we can be of good comfort. We can be of one mind. We can live in peace because of the grace, love, and communion of our triune God. And may it be that we would be edified in our faith for the glory of Christ to whom we belong. And that of grace, love, and communion. We close by learning that we can become complete. We can be be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace because of the grace, love, and communion of our holy God. So, Father, we pray and thank you this day, Lord, for the work that you've done in our midst. Lord, I pray the work that you may continue to do. For I know, Lord, that choosing a time of when you work in someone's heart isn't necessarily on a Sunday morning in the sanctuary at the altar call, It could be between Sunday school and church, walking upstairs or while we're driving home or before we go to sleep at night. Whatever the case might be, Lord, we ask that you would work, work in our hearts, Lord, work in this church. We do pray, Lord, for a spirit of revival to descend upon this place, descend upon our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.